Hello and welcome to Forces Sport. Another week with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. This week we're talking volleyball with the Army men's head coach, Alex Menya. I'm not impressed by hard hitting. I'm not impressed by uh, the power and, and, and the excitable stuff. I'm impressed by what can I do to win the next point easier. Now clearly Alex is very confident in his abilities as a coach and in picking the right players. He says he's not interested in ticking boxes, but that there is no coincidence that the majority of the Army men's team are Commonwealth soldiers. These guys have played club volleyball outdoors on rough surfaces. Playing indoors is a privilege. You bring them in here where the ball is steel, you know, the, the floor is, you know, is, it's kind of firm, good trainers. They'll be, they'll be impressive. I feel like I say this every week, Jules, but another really fascinating chat with, you know, we're, we're not looking for the superstars necessarily. Alex is just getting on, doing his job um, and really, really passionate about the coaching side of things. We've talked to a lot of players in different sports who are passionate about their sport, but he from an early age knew that he would, would be in coaching. He's totally embraced it, hasn't he? Military sport, you know, you have these... I don't want to say grassroots events, but yeah. grassroots sports, minority sports, and volleyball mm. falls into that bracket. He doesn't have lots of money, but he has galvanised that setup, and they are coming away with silverware. They're winning the Crown Services Championships. They're battling away at the Inter Services Championships. They're playing friendlies against some of the top teams, and they're also having sterling runs in the National yeah. Cup competition. So without people like Alex, those organisations, those team sports would fold they'd disappear so it's worth a listen because if you are heading up a, a minority sport perhaps you can listen to Alex and think yeah we need to do something like that with our sport yeah because those skills are transferable it doesn't matter what mm. sport you're involved in here's what we, we spoke about passion which is I, I guess a word that's thrown around a lot it takes a lot of admin it takes a lot of organization and he's involved in, and he has you have to be part of that management he's got really strong opinions about England volleyball the setup in this country and, and why we are not doing as well as we should be possibly but also he was involved with the Invictus Games so he's got involved with sitting volleyball and has been, you know, been involved on a Paralympic level as well so he's covering you know all these bases and the best thing is his accent is his <laughs> voice because you can imagine him in a 007 film going up to the bar and saying ah oh, 007 yeah. well I wasn't going to say bad I was going to say on, 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 you know, on 007's team just going up to James and say come on James I've got, a, I've got us a way out of here so um, and like us vertically challenged ah, yes exactly makes a joke of it like we do and not bitter at all yes <laughs> um, now it's been a big week of Armed Forces football this week um, but sadly not the result that we hoped for or to be honest we expected the UCAF team the men's team they started well with a 3-1 win over the Dutch forces at Havant and Waterlooville in the Kentish Cup. The two visiting teams then played each other on Wednesday when the French beat the Dutch 4-0. So that meant the UK had to beat the French on Friday to retain the Kentish Cup for a fifth time in a row. But sadly, that game ended in a one-all draw. The French were always a danger jewels and so it proved they won on goal difference. UCAF will be gutted, but they're trying not to see it as a loss. Head coach Diffin Pierce spoke to us after the game. You know, they, they hit us on the transition in the first half, they caught us and, you know, it was a good finish from there. So, you know, but we stayed in the game. Uh, we managed to get a good equaliser. We played well second half, I thought. You know, we, we really sort of uh, went at them a little bit more and it was always difficult, but, uh, you know, sometimes you don't have luck and I thought we did enough to try, you know, to, to maybe get the, the extra goal. But, you know, we, we have to look at ourselves and, you know, in terms of clinical, uh, you know, in the first game, if we take our chances and, you know, it comes down to goal difference. But, you no, know, you know, I, I can't thank the players enough, the staff, 
Um, the facilities here, you know, we did everything we can to, to try and win the game and, and unfortunately it just wasn't our night. I don't know how much of the games you watched, Jules. I was there on for the Monday game and I did feel that UCAF could play better. I knew, I know I've seen them play better. They sort of looked a bit tight. Maybe it was nerves. They just weren't playing a very flowing game. Maybe it was fatigue. It's the end of a Possibly. long season and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's June now so it's they'd not... normally be playing in yeah. November December yeah, they'd have they? had a pre-season behind them rather than a full season and off the back of Covid lots yeah. of lots I'm not making excuses and neither are they no. did we interrupt Diffin when he was playing on a fruit machine there <laughs> at the start of that I think like someone was, was celebrating was three cherries or something. I think they're happier with a with a with a winter fix fixture mm. than it's a like, summer one. It's like Easter, a, a, a movable event. <laughs> movable feast. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the Kentish Cup. Sadly, um, not fifth time in a row for the UCAN forces, but the French, like I say, were, were always going to be a danger. Now, Jules, in my absence... Um, well, we haven't explained your absence. You've been away cliff diving for a week. <laughs> Most of it was actually quite relaxing. That cliff dive was five minutes of, of adrenaline. And you managed to get bitten, sorry, stung yeah. by a jellyfish. Twice. Twice. What is it with you and jellyfish? What well, do they like about you? We were trying to figure out why they stung me and not anyone else. Did you not cover yourself in Vaseline? That's something that those... Cliff lo- divers do. <laughs> long, well, long-distance swimmers do, don't they? When no, they I plunge was, into the water. I was covered in sun cream, but I don't I don't think that's a diversion. Oh, that was the slick that we could see from space. <laughs> that's nice. Thank you. Um, I was trying to watch the second Kentish Cup game surreptitiously when we were out for dinner on Friday night, but... You spoil your friends. <laughs> well... They don't want my conversations. So in my absence, Jules, obviously a lot has happened. You've been busy. So talk to me about army tennis and... Um, well, of course, sevens. tennis, the All England Championships at Wimbledon, get underway. But elsewhere, it was the sun-kissed courts at the Aldershot Tennis Centre <laughs> that hosted the 101st Army Tennis Championships last week. Now, it's the first time the competition has been staged there since the courts. They're right in the heart of the garrison at Aldershot, under, uh, undergone a revamp. But it was business as normal for Chloe Pike, the current Army and UK Armed Forces number 1, a previous guest on this show, I'm sure you'll mm-hmm. remember, uh, defended her title. She beat first-time finalist Madeline Lewis, 6-love, six 6-love. Six now, afterwards, Chloe said she was delighted with the victory and to get some much-needed time on court before heading to Wimbledon uh, for the Inter-Services Championships later in the summer. I mean, everyone wants to play well at Wimbledon, no matter what it is, but especially with the inter-services, that's sort of what we, that's sort of the, the peak of our year. Um, so it's really good to have some competitive matches here. Um, it just gets you warmed up because you can practice all you like, but being in a match situation is completely different. Um, so like I said, it's good to have played all these matches this week, whether it's doubles, mixed doubles, uh, singles. And it's just that match play that you need to kind of keep you sharp. Um, because, yeah, like I said, everyone wants to play well at Wimbledon. Do you know how she celebrated? No. She went to Glastonbury. Oh, good for her. Sounds like it was a good one to go to. Yeah. You'd sort of think that people in the military would have enough about, you know, sleeping in tents, but <laughs> that's what she did to celebrate. So well done. Good one to go and see. Now, unfortunately, the men's final could not be played. That was because defending champion Ben Rogers, who had already qualified for the final, but then injured himself playing in the men's doubles. So instead, mm-hmm. they had to put forward an exhibition match between two of the army's other leading lights in tennis. That's Harry Randall and Marco Wright. Now, Marco has a really interesting backstory. He used to be a Portuguese junior player, had a world ranking, returned to the UK, is now a tennis coach, 
um, but he serves as a reservist with four para and is looking to join the regular army as soon as he can and it's the first time that I've, I've actually spoken to Marco and he told me about his debut for the army at last year's inter-services at Wimbledon. Uh, I was able to be a part of the, the winning team which was great and it was apparently one of the first times they've ever recorded um, having all 12 rubbers won across all boards which was great. Well, you have to go out and emulate it, do it again this time exactly, around. So, exactly. you know, your thoughts of, ahead of this summer then, you know, where does this tournament slot into your preparations for the inter-services? Um, I think this is a, just a great opportunity to, to play against people who I haven't played against before. Um, I haven't played against Harry yet and um, I think he's a great player so it's going to be a great match and it'll be a great opportunity to test myself against him because he's definitely a tough opponent so I'll be able to use that um, for the inter-services. Didn't Eric Dyer start his football um, football career in Portugal? I don't know, but I know he's got an allotment, <laughs> or at least he helps out on the Spurs allotment. They've got they've got an allotment at Spurs. Yeah, I think he's quite an interesting character. I'm sorry, mm. I'm not taking away from Marco. I think that's um, that's interesting. I'm glad he's going to join up with the, the regulars, but I'm pretty sure Eric, Eric Dyer sort of has split split. Um, loyalties when it comes I'm not questioning his England loyalties at all but he definitely started playing in Portugal and was playing quite high up in the the Portugal teams before he moved over here but there you go Spurs fans you can contradict us or you can correct us now it's been a busy fortnight of rugby sevens action of course this weekend it was armed forces day and coincidentally Aldershot, Garrison, staged the final round of the GB Super 7 Series. These are the best sevens players across the country. You've got Samurai Apache, and there was it was loaded with forces interest. Uh, the Army women, I think they went, went on to win the bowl. Unfortunately for the Army men, they dipped out in the semi-final stage, losing to Scimitar Storm 12 points to 10. But interestingly, the, ja- uh, the Chinese, almost the Japanese, that would have got me into trouble. <laughs> Diplomatic incident. Early, early in the week, listening to this podcast. Um, so what happened was that the Chinese um, Republic are hoping to become part of the Sevens setup wow. and to, to show their uh, interest to, to, to World Rugby Union. They've decided to, to feature in this tournament, the GB Super Incredible. Sevens. So they Incredible. were they were there. Yeah, Spanish were there. Uh, Hong Kong were there. Um, yeah, so it was international flavour as well. But of course, last week, if you remember, we mentioned that UK Armed Forces men did quite well at the Defence Championships Sevens. And I caught up with one of the players, also plays for the Army, that's Sai Vunisilevu. And he was playing for the Army at the weekend. But it was a chance for me to talk to him about how things went in France the previous week. It's a really, really special day for us, uh, especially winning as well. Yeah, for representing everyone back at home and uh, in, the, in the biggest stage and we delivered what we wanted and uh, it was really good. Talk us through the final. Who was it that you faced in the final? We played uh, the host, we played France in the final. Yeah, it was a big one because the crowd was with them and uh, yeah, all the other nations also with us. Yeah, but the home crowd was with them. Yeah. That must have been tough, not only facing French opposition, but having French fans almost cheering against you yeah yeah the, the crowd was against them and uh, they were against them, I mean, against us the crowd so yeah, it was a big challenge for us so we just kept it cool uh, they played into our mind but uh, our coach did a really good job Joe and uh, Beauty Massey from the Navy uh, yeah and we kept it cool and we had a game plan and we played towards the game plan and we won 
Just to another code, Wheelchair Rugby League, Leeds Rhinos won the Challenge Cup final this weekend, 48-34 against Catalan Dragons. And of course, this is relevant because James Simpson um, plays for Leeds Rhinos and also for England, and he's the wheelchair ambassador for the Rugby League World Cup, which is coming up later this year. You know James quite well, don't you? Well, I wouldn't say quite well, but I'm desperate to get him on this podcast. So uh, if you're listening, James, we will try and visit him in Leeds at some point. Has he ever been stung by a jellyfish? No, but I think, you know, having lost both legs, something like a jellyfish sting is not going to impress him. Did he did he have some Portuguese lineage? I'll ask him that too. This 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 is sport. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. The Army men won the Crown Services Volleyball Tournament for the first time this year. The annual tournament between all three armed forces, plus the GB police, prison and fire services, was played in May. And the Army men's head coach, Alex Menya, believes their victory is one of the biggest achievements to date. Originally from Uganda, Alex spoke to us about growing up with the game, honing his coaching skills from a very young age and how he endeavours to get the best out of his players every time they step on court. Well, the police have won it more times than anybody remembers. Um, they're so experienced, they play um, in all the Scotland leagues and very good players, ex-internationals. So they pride themselves on winning this, you know, this tournament. So when we go to the crowns, we look beyond the other you know, uh, rival armed services because we have the Inters to catch them. Uh, those are where we brag at that level. Uh, I think at the crowns we, we step into a different zone. We, we, we ignore whoever else we shall find again and we catch the guys that we only catch once a year. So the police, I think that was the sweetest victory. Uh, and then we have the, the prisons and the fire. Everybody feels important and they have very good players, civilian players who play uh, some semi-professionals. Some actually have uh, ex-European players, Italians and, and, and Polish, who are in those services. Uh, and, and they play at high level almost every week. So for us to come in, we play on average once every three, four months together. You're lucky if you have the same people, <laughs> you know, twice uh, in six months. So for us to comprehensively beat them and to go ahead and win the whole tournament, um, it's, just, it's just music. Okay, so the Air Force and the Navy, yeah, but we deal with those. We, we know if, if we don't catch them with the crowns, we'll catch them with the Inters. Is it the highest level? So you, you talk about it being, I mean, you mentioned the cream rising to the top. You mentioned it being the crown of, you know, sort of services volleyball. Um, is that the highest level that you play at? Or is there a sort of UK, UK Armed Forces team that like take on civilian size? I'm trying to get an idea of what, what's the highest representation you can play at for, for volleyball. That's a good question. Um, you, you mentioned UCOF, and, and I'll come to UCOF in a second, but in my opinion, uh, with my experience as head coach, um, the boys, for the first time ever, we entered the uh, National Volleyball League, the England National Volleyball League, last season, uh, that just finished in July. And, and we were in the cup and the shield, and we were eliminated, unfortunately, and that's a topic for another day, in the quarterfinals. Um, I believe my boys deserve to be in the semifinals at least, even in the final, I think they would a good shot at the final, uh, but we didn't. So for me, that is the highest level. And every single civilian team we play, these are top-level England league game, uh, teams, they acknowledge that you're the best team that we've played. And, and this is not prompted, this is them acknowledging and shaking our hand to say, wow, you have a good team here. So for me, that was the highest level, because any of those teams will come and win the crowns blindfolded. Okay, That, com- that gave us confidence to, to walk and say, you know what? Maybe the crowns is an easy level. Maybe 
you know, maybe the interest is an easy level if we have everybody available. Now, coming to UCAF, in the services, UCAF obviously is the pinnacle. It is the highest level of volleyball that anybody should aspire to. Um, so, yes, I would say my, my entire team is part of UCAF, and that's something that we are trying to review and make UCAF more relevant in a volleyball sense. We're trying to change the mindset to, to make sure that we have the best representing the highest services volleyball uh, available within uniform. Uh, uh, but yeah, in the services, UCAF, highest level we play in the uh, Volleyball League. Brilliant. Yeah. In the past, we've had previous guests on the programme who've been head coaches of their, their various teams. And behind that head coach, there's always a passion for their sport. So where does your love for volleyball come from? Goodness me. Um, apart from the fact that I'm vertically challenged, uh, which forces me into coaching. But uh, before I knew I would stop growing, as we all find out at some point, uh, I was about nine years old, um, I, I, I just picked it up and I thought, I have the eye-hand coordination to play this sport. And if I'm tall enough, I know I'll be all right. So I was in school, um, you know, primary school in Uganda, beautiful, beautiful country. And uh, we, we don't play indoors, none of this. Uh, this, is, this is magic, this is gold to me. Um, just can't get used to this. We play outdoors where we have the wind and the dust and, and all sorts of things. So you learn, and you know, gravel or tarmac. So you learn to, to adjust and, 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 and understand the game and read things, not, you know, it's, it's a steel ball coming to me because it's in a hole and, and things, lighting is perfect. Um, so we, we, you adapt, you start thinking about the game. So my passion came that way. Um, how can I become better? How can I understand this game to play better as I grow? So I started playing. I don't want to tell you when. Um, I was nine years old. My grey hair should give it away a little bit. But yes, I, I did play and obviously I went on to um, play with the national team, not for the national team, because I was a small guy. Um, but I, I think the coaches wanted me to be around the training. Uh, and, and, and I fed them a lot of information. And unknowingly, I was just reading the game, understanding, I would say, coach, have you thought about this? Um, you know, I can play defense for you, but I think you're missing a trip with this guy or that guy or something. And I think a few of them did tell me, just, just join the coaching group, just, just, just join it. So over the years, uh, you're talking 30 years plus, um, I've, I've just been a scholar of the sport. Um, I, I like to understand the intricacies of it. Okay, I'm not impressed by hard hitting, I'm not impressed by uh, the power and, and, and the excitable stuff. I'm impressed by what can I do to win the next point easier, you see. So that's the passion I've built around the game, knowing I cannot be competitively a player because of my, my height, but I have the knowledge of the game and walking away because I cannot play would have been a waste. So it's allowed me to really um, stay with the game and, and, and being in the army. Uh, these opportunities available, readily available, and across all the sports. But volleyball was one that I thought um, I could add that value on the on court, off court, and, and build a planning, organising on the committee, and that's how we are. Well, it's a wonderful game, and I can't help but notice because we've got some of the lads here in the background training some of the current army team, but the majority of them are Commonwealth soldiers. So why is it that in the UK we don't play volleyball to that high level, but across the Commonwealth it's a sport that people go through in their, in their droves. That's the point. I actually, um, Is it the weather? Is it the climate? Are we doing something wrong? It's, yeah, yeah. It's the passion. It's the passion. Uh, but when we won the crowns, one of the comments they, uh, that touched me, because uh, I, uh, I was a bit of an emotional wreck, um, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself, but really, because just so you know, the Army have never won it, okay, since records started. 
should, we should clarify, this is the men, isn't it? The, the men. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah the just, men. The just army in case men. somebody writes um, in and says... Army yeah. men, yeah. We, we, we have never even come close. I think we came close once in the final and we were beaten by the police, rightly so. Uh, but one of the comments that came to me, somebody said, I like the way you've changed the picture of Crown Services Volleyball. There's an inclusivity element to it. That it's very diverse now. And I said, no, what, what I feel, the six I put on court are the best players I have for the circumstances to win the game. I, if it looks diverse, thank you, but I don't intend it to be. Um, our history had elements of that and we couldn't feel the best team because it wasn't representative, whatever that meant. And I didn't, I didn't buy into that narrative. I, I, I feel the best players possible. So, to your question, how come we have a lot of um, Commonwealth soldiers uh, in the team? One, they are the best of the crop, uh, and that comes from the fact that in Fiji, who are the majority of the guys, in the Caribbean, in Africa, um, the passion for the sport is big. As I alluded to, when I was learning the game, you don't learn just the, the technicalities of it. You learn what does it mean to do this, what, what's, the, what's the so what, okay? Can I do this now at expense, but two, three points later, I would have nullified that threat, okay? And these guys give me that. Uh, I did tell you today, I'll put them on autopilot, instruction, that's the drill, make it happen. There's objective, find how to do it. And I've put all of them on level one uh, coaching courses, all of them, mandated, okay? So they understand the game better, and they do that. Now, in England, the game, and, 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 and I, I, I paraphrase, it's high level, it isn't. Uh, and I think that's why internationally we struggle, because there's, that, there's a bottleneck in England. Um, we're only as good as what we know, okay? Every time we step out of the comfort zone of England, we're exposed when we hosted the Olympics. It was tough watching our games. Uh, and you could see, I think we need, England will just need to, to learn. Just wipe the slate and learn. Uh, the game is different. The game is not about explosive hitting and I'm the best in my region or I play for my, I play for under 17 cadets. That doesn't matter. You played for cadets, but were you good enough? You know, were you, are you promising enough for me to think, okay, you can be an international, you can be an Olympian? No. Um, I think we limit ourselves to, oh, I play for my county, so I'm good. I've had boys ring me. Uh, my father played volleyball, um, you know, these are English boys, and, and I, I play with him and, and I play for Norwich, and uh, no, so I look at the team, I'm like, whoa, okay, come have a go. And I don't speak to them until the end. I say, how do you feel? Do you think you are that level? I say, no, but you played for the cadets. Yeah, but I'll need to go and prepare more. And that's the evidence in the pudding. These guys have played club volleyball outdoors on rough surfaces. Playing indoors is a privilege. You bring them in here where the ball is steel, you know, the, the floor is, you know, is, it's kind of firm, good trainers, they'll be, they'll be impressive. It's almost like he speaks a volleyball language, the way he speaks during that interview. Knows the game. Yeah. It's important out. to have good trainers as well. <laughs> yeah, trainers and trainers. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one um, because, uh, like I say, he's, he's quite outspoken about the volleyball system, not only in the in the armed forces but also across the country in England as well. And um, his his, I, I think I think it was important that he didn't feel that he played. He don't he doesn't stand for Commonwealth soldiers. He sees himself as a British soldier. He doesn't see himself as any different than anyone else. But 
and he didn't want to tick any boxes. He was just like, I'm not doing this for the diversity or inclusivity. I'm doing it because they're the best players. That's as simple as that. He doesn't complicate the matters. And, it's that winning know, mentality. Yeah, try and please anyone. But um, do please go and visit the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel if you want to hear more from Alex Menya. And we've got more volleyball interviews coming up for you in the next couple of weeks To Do stay tuned here at Forces Sport. Some breaking news for you, Jules. Um, Owen do, we have, do we have breaking news on a well, podcast? <laughs> no, it's breaking news to us right now, but possibly not if you're listening If you're listening to this in three weeks' time, <laughs> some news You broke. will already know this. He might have changed his mind again. But Owen Morgan, of course, the um, one day and World Cup winning captain um, in cricket, England captain, he's set to retire from international cricket. Apparently a um, announcement is due in the next in the next couple of days. So he led England to some marvellous. He's revolution. I mean, uh, he's revolutionised the one day game for us, hasn't he? 20, well, of course, he, he's the lad that hit 17 sixes in yeah. an innings against yeah. poor old Afghanistan yes, exactly. a few years ago as England marched their way to glory in, in that. World Cup but you could argue they've not been on his finest form in this most recent series against the Netherlands um, injury yeah injury yeah. And I, I guess you know he's getting 35 he's getting to the point where um, as, a, as a youngster in our <laughs> eyes but in, yeah. in professional sports terms yeah. 35 is probably towards the end of your career isn't it yeah and I think um, he will he will always remain you know close to my heart because I, I can't get 2019 that World Cup win out of my head and the way they did it and um, you know the way that he led them and I think he was part of that group that sat down well it must be like 10 years ago when when he came on the scene and said we've got to do something about this and I know that there are doom mongers around English cricket or test test cricket is dying which clearly isn't um, um, and oh you know we, we can't we may not be able to meet number one in all three formats of the game at the same time but um, I think we do represent ourselves pretty well and of course the the women's test against South Africa starts today in Taunton I understand that rain delays holding those two games up at the moment but um and aren't we about to enter the time of year when tennis courts the length and breadth of the country <laughs> yeah. will be booked out as as people gather get Wimbledon fever you're looking Bloody forward to it you, you love Wimbledon don't you yeah I'll be there next Sunday actually the first time mm. they've had a middle Sunday um that they've sold tickets for because they used to leave the Sundays of an overflow day. Are you working on the doors again or are you actually going as a punter this I time? I have paid mm. for my tickets, Jules, and I will be going and enjoying the um, delights of number one court and probably Hemman Hill if there's someone big on centre court. So, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, Wimbledon starting this week. Very exciting. That tingle. The tingle. The stadium tingle. That's what Ten- I get. Tennis tingle this time. That's what I get at um, Wimbledon. It's a really magical place to me. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the players feel the same. Um, we've got women's well we're building up to the Euros Jules on the 6th of July some international friendlies this week including mm-hmm. England playing Switzerland on Thursday but really exciting that that Euros tournament will be in the UK so plenty of opportunities to go and see um, go and see your, our ladies your, your play your heroes yeah yeah exactly um, talking of um, you know retiring at sort of age 35 Cavendish Mark Cavendish just seems to be on the rise again he's 37 and he's won his second British National Road Championship title and the first since 2013 he seems to have found a a second win somewhere hasn't he was he he called the Manx Rocket or something (laughs) is that that what they call him the Manx Rocket Um, of course that that tournament featured two of our own leading cyclists uh, James Bevan, of course, from Brilliant. the army, yeah. and his partner Bexy Jew. She was involved in that championship as well. And how could we? We haven't forgotten. We're saving the best <laughs> almost until last to say congratulations to Karis Artingstall for getting her pro fight scene 
series after a winning, after start. A winning start. Yeah, well so done, she, Karis. now that she's part of the pro boxing ranks, well done, Karis. I don't know who does your hair, but it, <laughs> it was always amazing whether you're in fight mode or just you know casually. Was it French plaited? Yeah, I don't wow. know how much time you would know. How long does that take? That you're special. a father of two daughters, you know. How long does that take? <laughs> I can do, I can plait my own hair, but it's never as good as when you see on on rugby players or sort of it's boxers incredible. when it's the yeah. artistry. I mean, it, they must have employed the same people that did the Bayer tapestry because <laughs> there's a lot of weaving going on in there. Jules needs some French plait lessons if um, anyone can help out there. Um, just looking ahead on our own diary, Jules. I was going to say, I'll settle for a pan au chocolat, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, of course, you are. we love the pan au chocolat. Um, uh, yeah, so just looking ahead on our own diary, um, looking quieter and quieter as we head towards um, some summer holidays. But the IST, ten, the Inter-Services T20, the women's tournament taking place at Arundel Castle this Wednesday. The 29th of June, um, of course, the men's tournament was won by the army at Lord's. A week or so ago, um, and the women's turn is taking place at Arundel, which is a lovely location, Jules, because you you went down to the the men's tournament there last year. So um, a fitting venue for the women's game. Let's hope that this weather, this current weather, holds off for a day of cricket down there. Um, Yeah, anything else from you, Jules? You know, what's going on in your sporting world? Just wishing everybody who's taking part in whatever event you're taking part in to do well in the event that you're taking part in this week. (laughs) concise as ever thank you very much I'll try and be concise as we say goodbye the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel is there for you to see the the full length version of Alex Menya and of course the back catalogue of all of our conversations and interviews we've had with guests over the last few months you can catch up at bfbs.com slash podcast or you can watch forces.net for the latest results and sports action but that is it from Forces Sport for this week don't forget, you can email us at forcesport at bfbs.com. <laughs> Please do email us at forcesport at bfbs.com. I'm going to try and switch out of holiday mode and bring a better show for you next week. Thanks for listening. Listener.